Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey gang, it's uh, Steve Agee, and this is my 10th attempt at an intro for episode 62 with my guest, Matt Besser from the Upright Citizens Brigade, founding member of the Upright Citizens Brigade. And uh, cast member of the Upright Citizens Brigade sketch program from Comedy Central. Uh, I sure hope you've seen it. If you haven't, you can buy it. You can buy it on Amazon. Yep, this is my Amazon plug. You can go to the Feral Audio homepage, or if you're listening to this from my page at the Feral Audio Network, there should be a little button, a little portal, they call it, to go to Amazon. Click that. You'll be directed to Amazon. You can do your shopping for no extra fees. Yet the artists at Amazon... At, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop this intro. The artists at Feral Audio will see a tiny little bit of love. And that's what it's all about, right? Anyway, like I said, my guest is Matt Besser, who I'm a huge fan of. I love him so much. I really fell in love with Matt when someone turned me on to his... CD, May I Help You Dumbass. And I am kicking myself for not bringing it up when we did the podcast. We did a great podcast. I could talk to Matt forever. There was a lot of shit to talk about. And I totally, totally, I don't know how I forgot about it. Driving over to Starburns to record the episode. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk to him about May I Help You Dumbass. We completely didn't talk about it. I was driving home when it hit me and I was like, God damn it. But please, please buy May I Help You Dumbass. I know it's at Amazon. Uh, I believe Matt has a website, mattbesser.com. At least when I Googled his name, I saw a link. I hope it's still active and I hope you can buy it there. Um... I know that when I've been at UCB, I've seen hard copies of the CD at the uh, the desk for sale. Please buy it. It is so fucking funny. Matt was living in New York. I'll give you the little backstory and then we'll get on with the episode. I have to do it because we didn't talk about it in the podcast. Matt was living in New York. He had a phone number that, from what I understand, was one digit off from a... Uh, a customer service, a a tech support line. And so he would constantly get tech support calls, people with questions and problems. And he started recording them and, uh, he would fuck with all the people who would call. It is so goddamn funny. I can't, it, (laughs) 
This makes me want to actually re-listen to it again. It's been a while, but uh, please, it, it, it's genius. And uh, Matt is so goddamn funny. I'm done kiss, kissing his ass right now. Um, this is, I'm recording this on Sunday. I believe it's the 17th of July. Maybe it's the 16th. I think it's the 17th. And uh, this week is Comic-Con week. So if you're at Comic-Con, look for me. I will be at the Feral Audio booth, I believe, Friday at uh, 10 or 11. Please check my Twitter or the Feral Audio Twitter. There there will be details there. Um, I will be at the Feral Audio booth. There's a Feral Audio panel. Again, check with Feral Audio on Twitter. They will have all the details. We're doing a huge Feral Audio panel in Hall H, the biggest hall at all of Comic-Con. This is a, a huge leap for podcasting, and uh, I'm stoked that Feral Audio is really the first podcast network to have a presence at um, Comic-Con. So I'll be down there uh, doing stuff with Feral Audio. I'm doing some other stuff, which I can't, sadly can't talk about right now, but uh, come this weekend, as soon as... <laughs> As soon as Comic-Con's over, I'll be able to talk about it a bunch, and I can't wait to talk about it, but I will be there at Comic-Con. If you're there and you see me, say hello. Um, and that's it. Let's get on with this episode. I've gone on way too long. Uh, I want to thank Matt Best for, for doing it, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening. Thanks a lot. But I imagine your, your shit's changed now that you have a kid, huh? <laughs> It made yeah. you you're you're a grown up now. <laughs> well, mainly everything is is uh, based around a nap in the middle of the day. For you or your for kid? both of us, really, for sure. There were so many. I have so many photos. You know, when my dad passed away, uh, I was going through like all the photo albums, and like every photo is me and my dad napping mostly my dad napping i'm like sitting on his stomach watching tv and he is fucking asleep in every photo that's funny you say on your dad's stomach because that's my daughter um, that's all i wanted to do is take a nap on me and she <laughs> never does she's just too she's like me i was like too hyper can yeah. never sit still <laughs> And that's the big joke between us. She's like, I'll take a nap. That's like she's going to reward me. Like, I'll take a nap on you. Just for you. Just to keep you warm in the wilderness. <laughs> was it Was it weird getting used to uh, having a kid? Well, that's the good thing about kids. They start really small. They really are like nothing at first. <laughs> like, they're just... Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to relate to, but... Because I had no idea myself when you're about to become dad, you're just like, Oh my God, such responsibility. And then the first six months, and I never even said this out loud to my wife (laughs) was about, Oh my God, is she going to die? Is she going to stop breathing? That's all you're thinking about. Are you a hypochondriac? I don't think so. I don't because I feel that one. way. I feel that way about myself all the time. <laughs> you're gonna stop breathing and dying. Yeah, and so I imagine I would just transfer that to a kid. Yeah, you probably will. Because I, I, well, I have a friend. My friend Adam, Adam Goldberg, who's actually done this podcast. We did one where we just talked about hypochondria and stuff. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's. I had, heard he got sick after that. He, he probably did. Direct after that. Podcast. He had us. You know, he had a son, and uh, 
since that podcast, and I've been wanting him to come back, but I'll, I'll ask him, I'll go, so has it changed you? Because a lot of people are like, oh, having a kid was the best thing because I don't focus on my own phobias as much anymore. And he's just like, no, I'm, I'm still dizzy all the time and I'm, <laughs> I feel like shit. <laughs> it definitely ta- It's definitely better that way. Like if you feel like you have narcissistic or you're always thinking about yourself, it definitely gets you out of that head in a great way. I don't, I think I, I forget who I talked about this with, but I, I honestly don't know if I will ever have kids. I'm fine if I don't ever have kids, but mm-hmm. I mean, it would take the right person. I'm not against it, but one of the main reasons, and this is all, it's all I think about when someone's like, oh, you should have a kid. The first thing that comes to my mind is uh, cleaning diapers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have such an aversion to shit. Like, Dude, like, so do unbelievable. I. So do I. And that was a thing of mine, too. It's it's crazy how quick it's over. Like, just recent, my daughter's almost three, and it was just recently I was like, wait a minute, she's not wearing diapers anymore? She's not... Like, I almost wanted to keep her in it. Like, I felt like in my head it would last forever. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice and tight, man. It's not that bad. Have You had a dog, haven't you? No. You haven't? No. Okay, so you never picked up poop. <laughs> You're a cat no. guy? No, I'm not even a cat. I had a snake. I had a snake one time. <laughs> Have you avoided all life because of their poop? I, it was amazing because they I would stick just... with a girl. And <laughs> as soon as I see that she's pooping or I'm aware of that, I'm out the door. But my friend Scott has two kids now, and like we used to hang out all the time. And like a year or so ago, we were going to go to a movie, and I said... Uh, I said, yeah, let's go to this movie tomorrow night. He's like, all right. And like an hour or two before the movie, maybe an hour, he texted me. He's like, I can't go, dude. I was, or it was even sooner than that. He was like, I, I was giving my kid a bath and she shit in the tub and it's a disaster. And I was like, until he said that, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, oh, they shit in their bath water where you're cleaning and then you have to like, He's like, yeah, and I just had to drain it and just do it all over again because it was not a solid poop. Okay, I don't know Scott, but he's a terrible parent. <laughs> Children don't do that if he's raising some kind of animal. They don't. Your, your kid has never. He, she take, has it. Taken a turd in the bath. She has it actually. It's not that bad. So, but, I, but the fact that you've never even picked up dog poop, maybe you have. I've picked issues. up dog sh- shit. I've watched people's dogs and. <laughs> You're that I'm not kind of a fan of it. I mean, it's fine if it's a solid, solid. Poop, but you're but... not a fan. <laughs> like there's a lot. I'm there's a, huge a huge fan. There's like t-shirts. I love picking up dog. Oh, shit. I don't even have a dog, but I'll pick up dog poop. You know, just when I'm <laughs> bored, just to help the community. I can't. I, I can't even imagine. I just recently, like maybe a week ago, someone sent me a video. There was another friend of mine who's the same way with poop and barf and all that stuff mm-hmm. he, he sent me a video of a guy trying to change a diaper and just gagging out of control what the fuck <laughs> maybe it wasn't the guy's kid maybe it was someone else's kid he was trying to change a diaper but it was i was like that's it that's it, that would be me that's the thing too though 
of like, I'm so not interested in everybody else's kid. Yeah. And if it was another kid's <laughs> crap, I agree. I'd be like, ooh. But my kid's crap, it's, it's, it's weird like that, isn't it? I guess. I. And I'm trying to be smart enough, and I've probably already failed on this podcast, but <laughs> to gauge myself to know the difference between a cute story that only my wife and I are going to care about, about yeah. my kid, and something that's actually might be a good story for the general public, because you... That's yeah. where it's hard to gauge as a parent, where you're too close. Yeah, Greg Barrett had a funny uh, bit on one of his albums where he's like, people posting so much shit on the on their Facebook, and he's like, he's like, unless you're posting it for your friends who also have kids, he's like, no one cares. He's like, you should really only post. I think, what is it? it's like? You should only be posting videos of. Like if you see a dog that speaks Spanish or something, you're like, that's something everybody wants to see. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine having a kid. I still feel like I did. I mean, not physically, but mentally, like the same guy I was in college. And I'm like, yeah, I can I barely. Totally, I know that man. I have trouble paying rent sometimes. I'm like, how can I have a kid? Well, that's a different story. If you sincerely have trouble paying rent, once in but, a while. Uh, I felt that just maturity wise, I felt and feel the same way. Yeah. But once I keep getting back to this dog thing, but I do feel like once you're responsible for something living, yeah, it takes that's that's one level of maturity. And then a kid, you're like, oh my god, this is I'm all. That's the thing that hits you. And like, I'm all this kid has. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, I am completely responsible. And I know that's what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know. And that's why I don't want to do it. Yeah. But it happens so gradually, it's okay. <laughs> so she's three. Yeah, she's God, I can't believe three. that was three years ago that you guys had your kid. I know. I, I, I'm only going to play this because I think it's audio. What age do they go to start school? Do kids start, like, preschool? And I think two and a half sometimes, sometimes three. She's pretty smart. Has yours gone to school yet? Yeah, she's in Montessori type school. Oh my god. This is her sitting down at a drums. I know you're a big time musician, so Yeah, you've done my show. This is her first time sitting down at drums. <laughs> Wish people could see that. That's she's going ape shit on those drums. Look at you. That's not me. That's the oh, that's not the drummer guy. That is, by the way, that is the age to start a kid in music. By yeah? the way, I, I was wondering about that. Um, when can they possibly start learning a guitar or something? Like now, like really, their brains are so. I think it's. I mean, kids' brains are so open, and they're not restricting themselves that like kids are kids i think learn music easier if they start at a, a young age like if i i can play guitar like you play guitar we play i can play chords fine but like i don't feel like i'll ever no matter how much i start practicing at 47 i'll be able to start doing leads and right you know what i mean uh-huh i think i'm mentally i've blocked myself out of that yeah i'm not even trying for that she's into 
the Beatles big time. Really? It's so satisfying. So can you guess the songs that you start with? Like there's one Yellow song. Yellow Submarine. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> now try to guess. Like that's in schools, Yellow Submarine. Now like, where does she go from there? Do it in the road. <laughs> Steve, I do not make those kind of jokes anymore. <laughs> that's too bad. Where do they go from Rocky Raccoon? Blackbird. Oh, yeah, Rocky, yeah. Rocky Raccoon. The White Home has a lot of animal songs. Pickies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I say Blackbird? Uh, Obla yeah. di Obla da, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of their fucking songs seem really kid-friendly. There's a song that you probably won't even remember, uh, Good Night. Do you know that song? No. Good night, sleep tight. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Do you not remember that song? I don't it's remember It's like a fucking song. lullaby. Oh, shit. That whole album is built for kids. Which album was that on? The White, White Album. I think most of it's on the White Album. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a... A Stones person. I love the Beatles, but I'm a Stones person even more than the Beatles. Wow. Um, but I still love the Beatles in spite of all the harpsichord that they use in there. I fucking <laughs> hate harpsichord. Hate it. I do, too. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. But for some reason, they use it well. Like, uh, what's no, the song? Weegee Fixing a Hole? Every time I hear starts with fixing a hole, I always think of George Burns's uh, version of that. Have you ever heard that from Sergeant Pepper's the no. Bee Gees movie? George Burns, I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in. It stops my mind from wandering. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't remember that. So I can't even think of the Beatles' version of that anymore. That's uh, great. It's a great. It's one of my favorite Beatles songs, and it's fucking starts with harpsichord, which I fucking hate. <laughs> I know. What is it about that instrument? Um, I have a. St- I there, I. Whenever people talk about auditions, I have a story that centers around you. It's a thing that I hate at auditions. There's a thing that happens at auditions that psychs me out more than anything else and gets me out of my head. And the story with you is the one that I use as an example. I can't wait to hear this. We were at an audition. This was pilot season maybe three years ago, three or four years ago. And it was at CBS Radford. And it was in a weird trailer off in a corner. like I remember that. corner. And uh, oh yeah, I, I see that. you at a lot of audition. We're both, I, sure. you know, I guess character actors. And uh, and so you came in and I was like, hey, how's it going? Like, hey, how's it going? And so there's like five or six of us. I think Matt Bronger was in there, yeah. and, and we're sitting around like everyone's just quiet and looking at their sides. And then um, the the assistant, the casting assistant, comes in and she's like, okay, Matt, they're ready for you. And you're like, great. And you get up and you're walking away and it was in and this is what i hate this is another thing i hate at auditions is when the room that you're auditioning in is right next to the waiting room <laughs> so i'm always psyched out knowing that people are gonna hear me uh-huh so sometimes i like tone it back because i'm like fuck they're all gonna hear me and this of is course, embarrassing yeah but this isn't what i'm getting to but but the the audition room was really close to where we were uh, all waiting yes she opens the door. You walk in. Everyone in the room goes, "Hey!" And they're like, cl- "They're like, hey, Matt!" And you're like, "Hey!" And everyone is like, 
being so warm and receptive to you, and I'm going, oh, fuck. <laughs> I which don't is, feel like I'm that guy a lot. No, neither am I. And, and which is fine if I go in and they do the same thing. I'm like, right. Okay, these people are obviously comedy nerds. They know Matt. And they, they'll probably know me from oh, Sarah's okay, show. Okay. And so you go in, and it's like, hey, like, and you're in there for a while too. I'm like, oh fuck, they're working with him, and uh, yeah. he's doing good. And uh, yeah. you come out and leave. I think someone else goes in, and they're like, okay, Steve, they're ready for you. <laughs> now <laughs> you're thinking about this. Am I going to get applause? Am I going to get a warm reception? Door opens, fucking silence, <laughs> and I was like. And it was like casting directors I've read for before. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and so <laughs> I did the audition, didn't get it. I don't even remember what it was for, so I can't ask you if you got it. But uh, after that instance, sometimes I'll go to auditions. And if and if it's a pr- like a producer session where I know the people in the room, like right. the writers will be in there, the directors. If it's people that I know, um, I'll go into a room and ask them when I leave to, like, clap or, like, laugh really loud. Because not long after that, it was the same pilot season. (laughs) How will you put that to them? (laughs) No, I'll tell you. You're saying you know these people well enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, if I know them. The same pilot season, that same pilot season, I went to audition for, and maybe you auditioned for this as well, it was Tom Papa's. Tom Papa, comedian, was doing a pilot. I think for NBC, I, I forget who yeah. it was for, but like Three Arts, Dave Becky was yep. producing it and everything. So I had a producer session for that. So I go and it's like, all, it's like and you do it with him, right? He wasn't. No, it wasn't to that point yet. But okay. it was like the writers and directors and producers, Becky, they were all in the room, and it was one of those. You know, you're in the waiting room and you recognize every. I, I don't know everyone, but I recognize. I'm like, oh, that guy is a right. Kevin from the office, and that's so and so. And I'm like, a little nervous. They're like, Steve, they're ready for you. And I go in and I do it, and it's fine. And I finish the audition. And I go, hey, will you guys do me a huge favor? They're like, yeah. I go, when I open the door to leave, can you fucking clap and go crazy? <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy, and they're like, uh. Yeah, sure. And so I'm like, all right, go, go. And they all start going, all right, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks a lot. And I walk out. <laughs> That's a fucking <laughs> shitty thing to do to the other people in the room. I also didn't get it. but <laughs> How did they react to you? Did you look in their faces? I didn't even look at them. I just walked by like it was no big deal. Like this happens at every <laughs> fucking audition. I went to, was that a pilot, uh, network callback so it was down to like three or four of us this is years ago but um this guy i can't remember the actor's name but he used to be the star of that show freaky links which you probably don't remember i remember that name two years um but it was canceled at this point it's probably the year after that and it was down to three or four of us and we were in the waiting room and he started like playing air guitar and doing this like stomping motion with his legs going way up into in the, the air. waiting room. Yeah, while we're all sitting oh, there, and he psyched me out. I got so fucking pissed off at him. Yeah, at his cockiness and his confidence and his like, dude. Do you not see that we're all we're all waiting here. for the same thing and fucking chill the fuck out? 
I always, <laughs> I always will with my phone videotape people doing that shit. <laughs> now we can do that. I don't think that was. And I want. I, I usually don't post, but every now and then, like I just went to an audition a few months ago. It was during pilot season. I forget what it was for. It might have been for that roadies show, you know, the Cameron Crowe new TV series, and uh, like and. You don't have to, it was for like a like a folk singer type dude, but like there's nowhere in the breakdown that says bring a guitar to the audition. Mm-hmm. So I go and I'm sitting in there looking, and it was like eight pages of lines, and I'm sitting in there, and I've been going over it for a few days, but I'm, I get there and I'm like just quietly going over my line. A guy comes in, starts tuning his fucking starts guitar. tuning his fucking guitar, ding 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 ding. And then, like, just playing shit. And I just go... Oh, that's even more annoying. And I go, dude. And he, like, looks up, huh? I go, can you do that in the fucking hallway? Oh, nice. I didn't say fucking, but I go, can oh. you do that in the hallway? He goes, oh, sorry. And then he just put the guitar away. He didn't even go in the hallway. Like, yeah, you fucking you idiot. stupid asshole. That's, one, that's the, my other big pet peeve is people, like, just doing weird shit in the audition waiting room. Like... <laughs> Going over their lines at full volume. Yeah. I also like taking video of people doing their lines silently to themselves. I have a great... There's nothing wrong with that. Though. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think it's funny. I have a about a two-minute video somewhere of Carrie Kinney from uh, the I state. Know, Carrie Kinney. <laughs> Sitting next to me at an audition, and I am filming her, just <laughs> looking at her lines, just going... <laughs> for like two minutes I would never put it out cause I'm, I'm a friend of hers as well but it was that's me I mean I'm I don't even want to get in a conversation with anyone like no. I I'm not that well memorized I need to be looking at it up until the point I walk in that room and put the room far away from the, the lobby <laughs> that for sure you're Dude, right I hate sometimes we it. have to audition for things where it's kind of broad, like an Adam Sandler movie or something, where you're, I'm a, the town idiot drunk yeah. or something. You're like, whoa, and, you, and you're like, yeah. oh, God, I got to sell this. Especially so... people like you and me who are like character actors who are going out for like the dumb friend or the drunk guy at the <laughs> <Yeah>. bar. <laughs> uh, I just had to audition for a show where I'm like, Playing a guy giving a speech on stage who's like an old hippie burnout, and it's just like, they can't take this shit away from us, man. And it's just like all that old sixties like dialect, and it was like right next to the the audition room, and I heard all the five people ahead of me doing it, and I was like, <laughs> you're right, it's almost not worth the humiliation. It's still better than putting yourself on tape, though. I love it when someone says, or your your agent, is, my agents are all these like little nebbishy dudes who yeah. I think they think I'm a giant or something. Yeah. And I'll get like quarterback auditions <laughs> or wrestlers or stuff that I'm just not physically. Yeah. Like I'm bigger than them, but yeah. I'm not a fucking feet. It was the wrestler one that sticks in my head because when I got there, I can't remember the guy's name, but the days I'm working on, I'm like, why would they ever give this to me? The whole joke of this is how intimidatingly giant I am. 
and how muscular and yeah, crazy it's gonna be someone like the rock dude i walked in there and it, and it obviously went the rock but it was like a wrestler that i recognized i yeah. was like yeah and i even had to joke about it in the waiting room I'm like oh i wonder who's gonna get it me or you <laughs> and he doesn't even have to sell it like i have to go in there and really like Ugh. adjust my posture and deepen yeah. my voice all he has to do is just go in there and fucking read the lines and he's perfect for the intent of the scene but I can't turn it down. I feel I weird turning auditions down because I feel like I'm led, disappointing my agents. Yeah, exactly. So I'll go to these auditions. I Years ago, I don't know how, however many years it was, but it was pilot season, and I, I get a breakdown to go read for this part for a pilot called Mike and Molly, and it's like... You know, it's set around Overeaters Anonymous, and the <laughs> breakdown is like morbidly obese. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm out of shape and I'm not skinny, but <laughs> this is going to go to a John Goodman type right, size exactly. person. And uh, I wanted to say no, but I was like, I'll just go. And I talked to my agent actually, and she's like, <laughs> you, you probably get this too. They're like. Well, you should at least go so the casting is aware of you and you're fresh oh, in their mind. God. And I'm I, like, okay. And so I go and fucking, it is the fattest people I have ever seen. No, I mean, no offense, but it's that's what they were casting right. for. And I went in and I auditioned, and I had a really good audition. Like the casting director was like, she's like, can I be honest with you? That was great. You nailed it. But you're just not fat enough. And I go, thank you. And I walked out feeling extremely happy. Went and got some chili dogs. Went and fucking ate my weight in hamburgers. Oh, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? You got to take the audition. Are you, are you auditioning? A Wasn't lot there right something now? recently, like three, in the last three months, that was something where the breakdown was like, everyone's freakishly ugly? <laughs> It was something about being ugly and being a freak. And I just told my agents, I'm like, I hope I'm not right for this part. Like, yeah, I don't think I'm handsome, but I also don't think, yeah. based on the dialogue, I'm going to sell these lines yeah. about how freakishly double-take ugly I am. <laughs> that is, you know how, like, you'll watch a movie or a TV show and there'll be someone that's like, playing the blind date that when the dude shows up she's really ugly and right. he's like it's just glasses Ugh. and you're like this person had to go in an audition for someone described as oh yeah, yeah ugly yeah, 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 yeah. disgusting well i've written that before i'm sure you have too where you yeah. write that you write one draft now i'm gonna be an awful person this is true you write one draft the real draft and then you realize oh this person's a gonna cut. I have it written being. as ugly person. Yeah. At some point they're gonna go get it. Um, so you have to rewrite it and you name ugly person Lorraine or whatever. Yes. You don't want them to feel bad. Well, all my character descriptions on all my auditions now, chubby is in there <laughs> or fat. And I'm just like, I'm going to New York next week to do like two days on Pete Holmes, you know, mm -hmm. his HBO show that he's doing. And the description when it's, you know, he walks in and there's Keith, you know, sitting on the couch, a chubby, <laughs> overweight, you know, loser of a guy. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, 
what I go out for, and then and it's really funny. And I was like, yeah, this will be cool. But and then uh, I think I texted Beth Stelling, who's writing on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I go, hey, I'm coming to New York. Thanks, uh, thanks you guys for thinking of me for this. And she's like, oh, we wrote this with you in mind. I'm like. So you didn't have to write chubby and fat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I got a asshole number three. Yeah, we wrote it with you in mind. Yeah. Biggest douchebag in the world. <laughs> um, my guest is Matt Besser. <laughs> Holy shit, that was all a cold opening. No, I always, as I always say that as a joke. I mean, people already know who they're clicking on, but I'll wait like half an hour into the podcast and say well i'm here with matt besser but they know that they they, you guys knew that they're listening because it's matt besser holy shit uh founding member of ucb Uh um i i was driving over here i was like oh what am i going to talk to matt about and i knew i was going to tell the audition story Uh but also i want how many ucb theaters are there right now (laughs) four there's four. There's two in L.A. and two in New York. Yeah. Is it, and this goes back on me being lazy and not having the energy to do shit, how hard is it to run not just one theater but now four theaters? Because you guys started in, you were even, you were you doing an actual school in Chicago as well? No. It started in New York. Yeah. We didn't even think we were going to do it. Or, I mean, we had no plans to do it, rather. But how did the four of you go, let's... Let's do a school. It happened really organically because we went to New York to get our show on Comedy Central specifically to showcase for them. Yeah. And we brought savings with us, but we didn't have that much money. So, and we were doing these, these, this ASCAD improv show and people were like, oh, what's this type of improv you're doing that wasn't in New York? So we started teaching classes and. When class would end, our first we're coaching teams, then we're teaching a class, then the cl- the team wants to perform, then they're opening up for us, then we're renting more space, and we just there was this theater that we just kept renting more and more slots to the fact we're like all this money we're spending is way more than you would spend renting this same place somewhere else, so right? And it became just economically let's open a theater so there was zero plan to do any of this and so was it just you guys teaching improv classes as well Um, like would you do shows at at night and then teach classes during the day yeah but it wasn't that much at first it was probably just we each had one class so it started off really small is it weird going in (laughs) like when you start out going i'm a teacher now i gotta like but i mean you you did classes i'm assuming at second city or io I did it everywhere. There was like four different places. Annoyance, I.O., Second City, Players Workshop. And they're all Dell Del and a f- couple other teachers were much more meaningful than everyone else. Right. And you knew Dell personally, right? Did you mm-hmm. actually study with him? Yeah. I, I took a couple levels with him, and then he directed our group in a couple of shows. Right. That was a big deal for us. And you weren't you Upright Citizens Brigade at that point yet, or Well, UCB was always really the sketch show, not the improv. We were in this group called The Family. That was the improv group. And actually, Walsh and Amy weren't in that group. Who Ian, was in that? Ian, 
Neil Flynn, you know Neil, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam McKay, Miles Stroth, Ali Farinakian. Um, Horatio? No, Horatio wasn't in that one. He was in the original UCB. We, we kind of kept the the sketch group and the improv completely separate. Right. Um, and we never, actually, we never really improvised till we got to New York as the UCB. Wow. It's kind of interesting. But because uh, there were two different focuses in our minds. And the improv is almost like this fun thing we did. So there was, once again, there was zero plan to go. Let's bring our improv to New York and teach people how to do it. Yeah. So did you meet Amy and Walsh in New York? No, no, no. I w- they were in other improv groups, and Amy's younger than us, so she joined the UCB like uh, three years into it existing or something. And Walsh I'd performed with before any of them, just doing duo stuff around yeah. town. Um, and is there even... I I mean, when I think of improv, I, I mean, Second City comes to mind, Groundlings, like Chicago and L.A., but I don't even think I've heard of like improv theaters or schools in New York other than like UCB. Well, there are now. And there were then too, but they didn't, they were sincerely behind the times as far as long form improv. Yeah. Went, I mean, Dell really did innovate everything and they just hadn't caught up to what he was doing yet. I did, I, I did Groundlings for, for years and it was, I mean, that's short form. It's like games and stuff, which, it helped. I mean, the improv version of that helped me with auditions and stuff like that. I'm I'm glad I did it, and I've met like people I'm like lifelong friends with now. But like, I've I met our mutual friend Rich Fulcher through another friend who's like, yeah, I'm putting together this team, and we're gonna do shows at uh, I.O. like midnight shows at I.O. and it's gonna be the most politically incorrect <laughs> I think I remember the that the fucking bastards yes, I remember that it was me and Fulcher Eric Hoffman no it wasn't Bill Eric Hoffman Cott? Bill Cott uh, Abby Shackner sure uh, Sarah G Mary Pat Farrell sure um, I remember that group uh, Matt Kay there's there's a few people I'm I'm, I'm blanking on but uh, it was really I mean and it was all long form which I hadn't done and that's how i learned was basically through fulcher mm-hmm. that's how i learned long form was through the, <laughs> the biggest idiots i've ever met in my life but who's also <laughs> one of the funniest people i've ever met in my life definitely um i have no idea where i'm going with that um well you just talking about the schools i mean i'll be honest with you that they've become a real pain in my ass like they're just <laughs> It's a lot of fucking work that I don't want to do. Yeah, uh, it's... But what am I going to do? It's the same with, like, people are like, oh, you should, uh, you know, if you're at, if you're sick of auditioning for stuff and, like, not working solid, you should be writing your own stuff, which is also true, but I'm like, I just want someone to do that shit. I want to show up and do what I do best, which is just act goofy and... Yeah, and get paid. I don't want to have to produce. I don't want to have to worry about locations and hiring people. And <laughs> and I imagine it's the same way with a school running a school. Like I can't imagine. Well, don't think that I am going to the office every day running. The no, school. no. I obviously I don't do that. 
but we are always dealing with fucking something, which is just a pain in the ass. You're the guy who gets phone calls once in a while going, hey, uh, we got a problem. <laughs> Dude, every day. It's not necessarily a phone call, but there's something every single day that you're like, what? What's happening? Uh, yeah. How's who has what problem? What do we got to do? Opening that new theater must have been a huge, huge undertaking. Because that building is massive. Dude, you never want to do it. <laughs> I could just bore your listeners with so many tedious details. <laughs> but like our theater in uh, New York, the UCB East, the second one. Mm-hmm. It sat there for a year and a half with nothing in it just because of permits making their way through City Hall. Just because of all the fucking bullshit. That's all crazy. All this crazy, if any of your listeners know the word expediter, like all these expediters and lawyers and, <sighs> and city bureaus that you have to go through while we're paying... 30s of hundreds of thousands yeah. of we're still paying utilities and rents on nothing just to have keep that building just to keep the building and that's how you have to do it it's to open anything in a a, a big city anywhere is a complete hassle yeah i can't imagine new york of all places to have to do that and la and new york have different things that are a pain in the ass Right. Like everything about earthquakes and fire here is crazy, yeah. as it should be. Yeah. But like in New York, you couldn't have the same kind of fire code. Think think about how New York's built and how LA is built. Like, yeah. There is no back of the building in New York. That's what people don't think about. Like, yeah. There is no ex. There is no back of the building. The back no, of your building is another, another building. building. Yeah. So there's no safe exit. Like you there's couldn't. One you way couldn't out. have that same layout in LA. They wouldn't allow you to have that. Um, so there's all these different things that the cities focus on to be a pain in the ass about. Uh, I can't. I yeah. I have a friend. Parking here. Oh my god. I have a friend a who's. Who's going to be opening a new bar? He he owns that bar, the Monty, which is down uh, near the Terragram Ballroom, down in mm-hmm. kind of near downtown. Like he just he has he he opens bars, he owns bars, and he's really good at it. He has that place, One Eye Jacks, in uh, New Orleans, and he ha- he has this new bar. And I went to like a pre-opening, you know, for like friends and family. He's like, "This is a new bar," and it was amazing. And he's like, "I've had this building." for like fucking like I want to say like four or five years he's like it's been undergoing all this bullshit just to be able to open the doors and let people come in I don't see how people can afford that I mean like like I said with the way we did everything we, we started with no plan and no clue so it's not like most people put together a business plan and they get an investor, but whatever. <laughs> you figured it out as you Well, mean. also, we we weren't doing things legally at first. Like, we didn't have permits. We didn't have our chairs right. We didn't have the right kind of lights. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. you get told, oh, you got to have this. Oh, really? Okay. And it's that story over and over again and becoming more and more legal and legitimate as we go along. But if we had had to start legitimate from the beginning, it never would have happened that we couldn't have afforded to do it. Yeah, let's just keep 
renting a small space out once in a while and doing shows. Oh, we were just clueless. And since we didn't have any money, we weren't worried about being sued or you just don't care about anything. You're just like, oh, we're just comedians in a room with some lights on. It's amazing you guys even did that. I mean, I after Groundlings, after my last, like my advanced class, it's really common there for people who once they finish a class, like they're still friends with their group, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are students. And it was like, I was in that class with Maya Rudolph and, uh, you know, uh, Emily Spivey, who's a writer, and like all these really funny people. And so we wanted to keep doing shows. And so we would do our same like sketch show. We would rent, you know, a theater down on like Theater Row for like six weeks. And then it just became like, I don't, I don't want to keep paying money to no, do it's I can't imagine just continuing it and we would making come, that into a business. We would come to LA to do showcases. So I guess this would be 96 through 8. And I remember the Acme theaters where people would rent out and yeah. we'd come to a showcase. Yeah. I remember then it was $500. And for one night. For one night. And that would be a Fuck. lot for me now, I feel like. Yeah, I would dude. be like, I don't want to drop $500. Nope. Um, and, and, you know, so that's... That's why we opened the theater. We're like, why are we paying these guys when we can just rent a space and do it ourselves? Yeah. And let's have the goal be having a lot of people in the seats rather than being making money. And hopefully we'll survive. That's did all the com- we thought. Did the Comedy Central show come after the theater? I always get hazy on that. I think it was pretty simultaneous. And you did your show for three seasons, right? Um, yeah. That's the same amount of time we did Sarah's show. Yeah. I feel like it's hard for a narrative, or you guys were a sketch, but for like a a show, I mean, I guess Comedy Central's more, more known for their like daily show type, inexpensive, one set type shows. Mm-hmm. It's For a while, it just seemed like they had a bunch of shows that couldn't make it past three Three seasons. Strangers of Candy didn't make it past three seasons. We didn't make it past three seasons. Is that so bad, though? I mean, I think a lot of those shows... Like, I, I didn't want to end, but in retrospect, I'm like, we kind of... Did everything we could do. 30 episodes is pretty solid for a sketch yeah, show. Like, that's I don't great. know what else... I think we did 30... Yeah. 32, I think. Um, you were in an episode. You, I, yeah, I remember I that it. driving over here. You were in the go-kart episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. How fucking fun was that? There was a, an episode where Sarah decides who's going to get her baby. Like, <laughs> she gets pregnant, and she's going to have a baby and give it up for adoption. <laughs> and all these people in the neighborhood want it. And you were one of the parents who wanted the baby. And Sarah <laughs> decided to choose who'd get her baby <laughs> with a go-kart race. <laughs> I wasn't even working that day, but I drove up there just so I could ride in a go-kart. We used to write scenes just based on something we wanted to do. Like, I would base scenes around a basketball court all the time because I just imagined in between shots, taking shots yeah. <laughs> with the basketball. And were you able to? Yeah. Usually, I, I, can, yeah. I can remember three just right away. That go-kart track was so amazing. Those carts were so fast. I was in Atlanta earlier earlier this year, and they have, like, 
two or three go-kart tracks. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to go once, but my friend was there shooting a TV show, and he was like, he showed me video. He's like, there's an indoor course here where the go-karts go like 35, 40 miles an hour. And he goes, but dude, there's an outdoor course near the airport where the go-karts go like 70 fucking miles an hour. Well, that would be scary. I was like, how do I go? I want to fucking go to this really? thing. Yeah. Wow. They don't flip up. They're so low, and the track is so slippery. Like, you remember that shit was, the track's like that's really smooth cement. Yeah, it's cool. Um, well, that was fun. So, you're scared of your own poop and barf, but I haven't barfed. fast, you don't care. Yeah, I haven't barfed since I was 18. Hmm. Almost 30 years. My wife bragged about that when I first met her. She's like, I never throw up. And then I feel like she threw up like <laughs> six months later. She like, threw up man, the I thought second you she never said it. threw up. There's a writer at New Girl, uh, a writer producer who's the same way. We found that out on set one day. He's like, I haven't puked in 20 years. I'm like, me neither. And now we're Facebook friends and we only direct message each other when we have close calls. Like, he'd be like, Man, I got food poisoning at a wedding this weekend. Thought I was going <laughs> to Do you want to change my daughter's diapers? Never. Can we come over and get some poop oh, out of her no. diapers? I can't. I don't like. Little poop balls. I don't like even wiping my own ass. I mean, I do it because it would be disgusting. <laughs> but I'm never more bummed out than when I'm sitting on the toilet. Why do you get like a, a bathroom goat or something to lick your ass? <laughs> You don't have a bathroom goat? I'm going to start gagging. <laughs> the thought. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to change the subject. We did, you and I, <laughs> or I was in a, a show you did for Adult Swim with Fulcher, the, uh, In Search of the Miracle Man. Yes. Which was, I thought this was amazing. Uh, Adult Swim did a whole bunch of, like, fake infomercials yeah. that would run during infomercial hours. And you and Rich did that uh, in search of it was it called yeah, in, in search, search of, of the miracle man. Look it up on YouTube right now. Um, which is so goddamn funny. Um, that old lady in there. Yeah. Do you notice that she's in everything? I've seen her in a bunch of shit. She, if there's an old lady, and it's even drama. Like at first, I thought it was just cheap cable comedy. No. Now I see her everywhere. She is the old lady right now. I feel like when you're an old, a really old person, you you probably get to work a lot. Yeah. If you can deliver your lines and you're old, because she's definitely in her 80s, if we, not more. We had a guy on Sarah's show, this guy Murray Gershons, who was in everything. He was an old guy. In fact, uh, he's in the scene with Walsh in... Um, the hangover he's like the naked old man who's in the mm-hmm. doctor's office with wash he was in everything and i feel like when you're really old like th- there comes a, a point especially and this is very unfortunate with female actors they get above a certain age where they don't get to work a lot but then i feel like it comes back around when they get really <laughs> old it's like we need an old lady yeah you know grandma time um but my favorite part of that was and I didn't know this going in, but you guys, and you do this with crossballs too. You, right. you hired a bunch of people who didn't know if this was a a, a joke uh, taping. Yeah, I wanted that honest infomercial because the, <clears throat> the original thing that had cracked me up that 
that made me think of the idea was watching these extends commercials where they go up to people on the boardwalk. Yes. And the boner they, pills. they interview you and you know the real people. They're not actors, but you know they don't use extends and they've just been offered fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty bucks to say they can, but they're being forced to improvise. Yes. So I was like, I wanted to do something where I force people <laughs> to believe in something. So I was like The Miracle Man. And as you, you know, we do that too. We go up to people and we're like, So what do you think of the Miracle Man? I just love that thing of people being offered money. <laughs> And then just blabbering bullshit. So that was the plan with that audience, too. It's just like, let's act like it's a real infomercial and just try to get them to be as supportive as possible. It was so insane. It was so (laughs) insane. There was like, you know, an infomercial-sized studio audience, and you and Fulcher come out. I, I highly recommend people watching this. Finding it on YouTube or wherever. MattBesser.com, I have it posted, I believe. Go to MattBesser.com. And you guys are talking about the most absurd, like, <laughs> a, a miracle man, which is basically like a unicorn, something that fucking does not exist. But there is an audience, and I was one of maybe two or three plants in yeah. the audience. I forget what my role, I have my eye pecked out by a, or shot out by a laser or something. <laughs> but then there's a girl, uh, this girl, Michelle Terry, who's a bikini girl. She's sitting in the audience in a fucking <laughs> bikini. <laughs> and then that old lady. Everyone else is just in there to act like they're really into this product. <laughs> and it was so fucking bonkers just sitting in the middle of that. Which is, by the way, always my worst nightmare. I was like, I'll do this for Rich and Matt. Fuck, I hate sitting with, like background actors or like uh, yeah. people like that who are have crazy eyes and like you can't make eye contact you, you know what i mean you want to see me in the most uncomfortable situation so my favorite sitcom of all time is <laughs> what makes you i laugh? don't know I'm what do you think it's gonna be i have no idea what do you think it's gonna be i honestly don't know curb your enthusiasm oh okay yeah, it's not yeah. a reach so Obviously, and every improviser in town gets auditions to be on that show. Yeah. So I, I've auditioned for it several times over the year. Yeah, me too. Um, I finally, and you audition with Larry. Yep. Which is intimidating as shit. And yeah. you, and what you learn after the first one is you're not there to be funny. No. You're there to serve the bit. Yep. Um, and unless you're Ted Danson or a star, you're not going to be the center of the bit. So yeah. just do your best to serve the bit. So anyway, I get this role on it's Ted Danson's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And the main plot is that Larry gives him a circus freak book or something like that. <laughs> right. And he's trying to get him into it. Ted into it and Ted's just not into making fun of freaks. I forget what the angle is. But my character's bit is is I've given Ted a vase and Larry knocks the vase over and breaks it and I'm right. mad about that. Right. So I'm like, oh, that's a solid scene. I can get that'll be a funny me getting mad at Larry. I'm yeah. like I got it down. I'm perfect guy to play that. I'm mm-hmm. into it. I know Jeff Garland. I show up the set, I'm talking to Jeff. The director comes over to me, or maybe not even to me, maybe over to Jeff, and Larry is like, 
All right, so I see this role, blah, 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 whatever the name of my guy is. Let's say it's uh, whatever. Kyle. Steve. Steve. Yeah, okay. Kyle. I see Kyle's supposed to give a vase, and Larry knocks it over. I think it's weird, a guy giving a vase to another guy. I don't see a guy oh, no. giving a vase to a guy. So uh, let's just have <clears throat> the vase just already be there. And I'm hearing all this. I'm like, so you're an taking, extra now. He's taking my fucking role away. <laughs> and they and they don't care. They're all like, okay. Sure. They're not even thinking about we're taking this guy's role away. Because Larry's thinking about a thousand different things. Sure. Like, so we'll just instead we'll just have the vase be there, and you knock it over, and Ted's mad that you knocked over his vase. I'm like, fuck. They just took away my whole fucking bit. They made you an extra. And then. I forget what he what I did instead. I think maybe, I don't know. I give him oh. something else. I give him something else that's non-consequential. But dude, and God bless all you extras listening, but they had me doing this, whatever they call it, running a router. Across. Yeah, yeah. running across over and over again and doing all this fake uh, talking in the background. Oh, fuck, dude. Where you have to look the person in the eye and you're doing this fake talking. That drove me. Fu- I was seriously considering walking out. I gotta watch But this I didn't now. want yeah. to piss off my hero, basically, yeah, Larry yeah. David. Yeah. And it was cool hanging out with them that day. But I had no role. Uh, and and I had to do those goddamn crosses. And you're like a fucking sheep. And it went on forever. Cross after cross after cross. I'm like... <laughs> Oh my fucking god! I'm. Livid. I shot a thing for a movie. It was like this low budget thing, which never even came out. I never even saw it. Nothing ever happened to it. But <clears throat> some friends were like, "Hey, we, it, you should come down and do this one scene with us. It'll be fun." It takes place on an airplane, where you come and sit between us for like a second and annoy us or whatever. I'm like, "All right," mm-hmm. and I go down and we shoot the one scene where I'm sitting between these two guys and I'm just really annoyed with them because they're talking across me. And uh, and uh, and then the rest, whole rest of the episode, I'm sitting in another seat of the plane, which I didn't even think about. So for the fucking whole rest of the day, I'm sitting in the background with some fucking annoying... <laughs> some annoying person talk, pretend talking to me and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just fucking... I don't understand how anyone could go into Dude, doing Dude, in that situation, work. if I'd been... And I only learned this. At some point you learn as an actor, oh, no one gives a shit about how I feel. Unless you're like... Yeah. <clears throat> Unless number, it's your number show. Number one through four on the, on the fucking list. Yeah. They could give a shit about your... Like, I think when I learned it was, I was doing a zombie movie and I got... <laughs> Brian Fassay was on the same movie, actually. Wanted, Undead, or Alive. And I got shot off a horse, and then I had a a, a squib explode. Like, and we were for real in the middle of the desert with a s- desert, like for real, a yeah. hot day, desert winds. Yeah. I have zombie contacts on. Ugh. I get shot, fall off the horse. I'm just sitting there on the desert in the middle of the storm, and and it's like cut, and then everyone runs up to Chris Kattan and James Denton, who are just dressed as 
yeah. comfortable cowboys and have not been shot in fallen flowers. Yep. Hey, you need some water? You okay? And no one came up to me. I was like, Your oh, eyes are burning. And, yeah. Motherfucker. No one gives a shit. No. So if I'd been you, I'd, I would have said, no. I'm going to be asleep. No, I'd say I'm going to be asleep and I'm going to put my... My face, my, my eye uh, mask my on. My eye mask on. I'm going to have my headphone. I would have done yeah. everything to make it. Because if you don't, because on the first take, you're just going, I'll be cool. And then eight hours later, you're like, You're repeating oh, the man. same shit. If I just pretend like I was asleep, I could have just sat here this whole time. Yeah. Walk across the background again. Go back to one. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> all day. Um, that should be in your rider. No crosses. No, but the thing I remember most about that Miracle Man shoot was uh, we shot all day. We were ready for the final scene where uh, oh, the old lady starts killing everybody, or they come back and everyone's dead, and then she try she's trying to kill you and Rich. And while they were setting up, we shot all the studio audience stuff, and that's when you broke it to the people. All right, so this is like kind of a. A fake thing. Now the audience is going to be dead. We're going to put right. fake blood on you guys, right. and you have to lay there and pretend you're dead. And there was one actor who was just like, I'm not going to be dead. Yeah. And they're like, what? And it was it a religion thing? I forget if it was a religious thing or not, but he was like, I will, I will not play he a dead person. He did have in his writer that he will not play dead. And I kind of respected that. Wow. Because I thought about it because I remember that happening. And and I was like, you know, I would not want to be like on Walking Dead and be a zombie strewn across, across a fence all day or yeah. sitting in the road. I would definitely not want to do that. I didn't know you were able to like put that in a writer, it though. It was in his writer. And I think he was a last minute substitute. So we were like... All right, but you know what we made him do? Yeah, we said we're like, okay, well then you have to sit up. You sit like, there while all this shit goes right. on around you. It, it it was my favorite part of the infomercial is the end while you and Rich are running around being chased. You're running around screaming, and every now and then one of you will like address the guy like, "What's wrong with you? Why aren't you running? She's trying to kill us." And he's just sitting there. Yeah. I crawled on top of him. <laughs> That's right. He's not acting. He's just sitting there. <laughs> you fucking crazy run. There's a woman killing people. <laughs> Please any Anybody listening, please go fucking watch it. It's so worth it just to see that guy <laughs> knowing that story. There's this woman in the monitor with a bikini who's, it's too hard to explain why, but she's a very small image in the, in the <clears throat> relatively in the whole thing. And I got one compliment on the, someone wrote me an email like, hey man, I really liked uh, the Miracle Man. Uh... Can I get the contact info on the woman in the bikini in the in the monitor? I, th I think she's really pretty, and I'd like to talk to her. It's like what? This wasn't the girl in the audience, was it? No, in the monitor. That'd make more sense. The one in the audience, the because that's how far away this image was for this guy. <laughs> Fuck! I hate people, dude. I, uh, we we're at an hour, dude. All right. Do you have anything you want to plug? Fuck yeah. Ascat. <laughs> By the way, Ascat, you know, is the best. If people want to go see an improv show, that's the one that I'm like, 
Thanks, people man. are like, I, uh, I want to go see an improv show this weekend. I'm always like, you then just go to ASCAT. It's, it's or go to Improv for Humans, my podcast. Yeah, no matter where you live, on the uh, on Earwolf. Wolf. Yeah, and uh, follow Matt on Twitter, and you can give him suggest Buster. suggestions you for sure can. Improv for Humans. But mostly, CISO.com. Do you have anything on that? I don't, but I just signed up for CISO. There you go. CISO.com. I think you can do a month free even. But uh, yeah. my special's on there. Steve. Oh, shit. Please watch. It's called Besser Breaks the Record. <laughs> I remember you doing those record your record-breaking things. Your record-breaking things. Yeah. At, at, uh, finally put together. Comedy Death Ray. Yeah, folks. I break. There might be stand-ups that are funnier out there, <laughs> but they're not faster. They haven't broken as many records. Yeah. Or they any. haven't packed as many characters into five minutes as I have. I've never broken a record. You haven't? No, I don't think so. That's sad. <laughs> I love CISO, by the way. I uh, a lot of good comedy on there. I hope it. I hope it. You know, lasts. I hope it beats the. Um, you know, there's just a weird thing. You know, I in, internet shows are now starting to become more normal, and it's you know mm-hmm. like with Amazon and Netflix becoming more legitimate. I think it's opening the door for a lot of uh, more internet-based, you know, especially with, like, Apple TV and Amazon, who now have, like, apps for these things. I think there's, yeah. an, an, you know, an add-on for Amazon for CISO. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully they're going to come out with one for Apple TV. Yeah, I hear they are. It's on Roku. But, yeah, because you can, can watch it anywhere now. fucking everything on CISO. Yeah, if you're into, like, if you are if you are a comedy nerd, you yeah. should definitely have CISO, because it has all the British comedy. And yeah. All the kids yeah, speaking the of Fulcher. It's yeah, it has all Fulcher stuff. It has yeah. Snuffbox even. Snuffbox, which is so fucking it's amazing. It's pretty obscure. If you can get Snuffbox, it's pretty awesome. And Man to Man with Dean Lerner, which is... I don't even know that. Oh, my God. That was a spinoff of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place mm-hmm. with uh, Richard Iowate, who played uh, this guy Dean Lerner, who kind of financed that weird uh, show, the fake Garth Marenghi's Dark Place um, his character is like a Hugh Hefner type guy, and uh, it's like old episodes of um, Playboy After Dark. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking funny. And we have a variety show, the UCB show. Yeah, and we're getting a second season of that. Sweet. So there you go, guys. CISO, S E E S O. Uh-huh. Uh, get that. Follow Matt on uh, Twitter at Matt Besser. Instagram as well. Not really. No? I mean, I do, but not really. Dude. Just not inspired like you are. That Snapchat. Way. What do you have? I kids? wouldn't even know what to do with Snapchat. <laughs> what are you a father? <laughs> Snapchat's the worst. I do have it, but I don't know what to even do with it. It's the worst. Ninety-nine percent of every single Snapchat is horrible. <laughs> Mine included. Like it's the worst. Dustin's too. Dustin's the worst. His is the worst. No, I'm just kidding. But like it's, it's weird. I thought Vine was like the bottom for me. I was like, oh, fine, it's these six seconds. But like, Snapchat is, it's weird. It's a very narcissistic, like, you really can pretty much only videotape yourself, you know, and it's... That whole thing about telling your story drives me, or your stories drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. The word story drives me crazy. Yeah. And it's usually just someone We're hiking up. stories. It's someone's story is usually t- 
20 Snapchats of them hiking up Runyon Canyon. <laughs> Mine are no better. I only I always do I have a one note thing that I do with one fucking one of those filters and it's fucking horrible and but it's the most fucking popular thing right now. I need to find my one note thing to do. Yeah, just put it show my dick. There you go. That's what is it was it, is made anyone for. Anyone doing that? No. People need to one. fucking snap them titties. Like Dustin's been trying to get people to send dick and tit pics and Oh, he's trying? Yeah. How do you try to do that? Yeah, like girls used to just flash their tits because it's like ten seconds and then it goes away. So it's like, oh, you know, they're not going to retweet this because no one can see it. Uh-huh. But you, it turns out you can do a screen capture of it. <laughs> turns so it's, out. <laughs> hey, guess what? I can screen cap your titties for for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> for a, a long time. Oh, me love your titties a long time. That's that was great, Steve. You're going to get the uh, big, fat, slobby creep roll. Uh, next. That was not racist because I didn't do it in a Chinese accent. The me love. <laughs> me love you. Is it racist if you do it but don't do it with the the racist accent? The Asian me accent. Me love you long time. That's not racist what you just did. Sweet. You can do that a lot now. That's my new character. <laughs> That's my new Snapchat character. Well, thanks for doing this, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I'm glad you uh, reached out to me because I'm always uh, afraid to ask people to do the podcast. I'm in it to win it, man. Uh, so check out Matt's podcast, Improv for Humans. Check him out on Twitter. Check him out on CISO. Thanks for doing this. See y'all. Bye, guys. Feral Audio. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions.